0: ebay motors has it and with ebay guaranteed fit it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time every time or your money back plus at these prices well you're burning rubber not cash keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com eligible items only exclusions apply take your business further with a smart and flexible american express business gold card You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash Business Gold Card. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Wednesday, January 18th, and we are within one week of the release of my new book. It's called The Great Money Reset. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. And you know what that means? It means you don't have a lot of time to pre-order the book and come with us on a great journey. Where is that taking us to our first ever live webinar? I'm kind of getting excited for it. And uh, I'm hopeful that you join us because I think this could be the beginning of something new and different for the Jill on Money listening universe. So Mark and I are pretty psyched about it, as is Karen. Who's more excited, Mark, you, me, or Karen about the webinars? Probably Karen because she's definitely the, of the three of us, she's the geekiest. Yeah. She's so psyched and she gets excited about like little numbers. And it was so hysterical because Mark and I were like, yeah, these aren't that good. She's like, look at all the people who are in there. I want thousands of people on our webinar. Anyway, you can find all the information about the book and the webinar at our website. It's jillonmoney.com. Click the contact us button. If you have a question, click the little thing that says pre-order and join the webinar. If you want that, All the wonderful information. Also, don't forget, Mark puts out the free weekly newsletter. Excellent job, Mark. Thank you for that. Thanks to all of our subscribers. Even if we just got a fraction of the people who subscribe to the newsletter to come over and try to buy the book. Have we pumped that on the newsletter, Mark? Are we putting our, like, hey? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, that's right. Come on now. Anyway, today we're going to do some emails because they're piling up like crazy. This is from Elliot, who listens to the podcast regularly, and he says, we don't discuss long-term care insurance often enough. And he says, I'd love to get your perspective on the return on the investment if you recommend this as a planning strategy for those who can afford it. You know, I, so we do talk about long-term care. I don't make it a focus because the number of providers of long-term care insurance has been shrinking dramatically over the last 20 years. And the reason is it's very difficult to provide affordable long-term care insurance coverage for the vast majority of folks, even those who need it. So who are the people who need it? Who's the highest risk for long-term care insurance? Well, it's exactly what you would imagine. If you are a couple and one of those people in the couple requires long-term care, it can eat into the total asset base. And even if that person either recovers or passes away, it leaves you in a much depleted situation at the other side. So couples tend to have the biggest problems. And specifically, couples who have what I would say a sizable amount of assets, in other words, in excess of say, I don't know, let's call it a half a million dollars up to about $2 million, those folks in that sort of donut hole, that's really a little bit scary because less than a half a million dollars as a couple, you spend down some money. The survivor can keep a certain amount of money. You qualify for Medicaid. I know. Nobody's like, oh, I don't want a Medicaid facility. But if you had to, it would be okay. At the other end, if you have more than $2 million in assets, you're self-insuring. You're willing to roll the dice and say, okay, if we had to, we could absorb it. And the other person wouldn't really have to suffer dramatically. The folks in the middle... You're in trouble a little bit here. Now, it doesn't mean you have to go out and buy a massive long-term care insurance policy. There are different options. So one option is to buy long-term care insurance to cover a portion of your future long-term care need. Another option would be, I know you're going to freak out when I say this, gang, but there are annuity contracts with long-term care features that might be appropriate for you. And also be clear that there are a lot of companies that now have long-term care insurance as an option for benefits. It's expensive as benefits go, but it's an amazing benefit because it will be way cheaper than what you could find privately. So I hope that helps. Okay, this is Beth. Subject, car loan quandary. Oh, Mark, isn't this a lovely way to start? This is probably why you picked this. Jill and Mark, you both are rock stars in my book. (laughs) (laughs) I never miss an episode of both of the podcasts. I've come a long way with your insights and advice to others. Okay. Now for the quandary. I hate debt. I haven't had debt in 10 plus years, but here I am now with just over $50,000 in a car loan at 6.99%. Ouch. That's her ouch, not mine. She wrote that. My heart says, throw all the money I can at it to get rid of it as quickly as possible. My brain, meanwhile, is questioning paying the minimum to keep throwing money into my brokerage account. I know the market will be coming back and I love putting money in when things are, quote, on sale, but I can't stand the amount of interest I'm paying monthly. Help, which is the better move? Okay, let's get a little bit more background. Beth and her husband are putting 15% in their retirement plans. They currently have $285,000. In peren, she writes, all Roth. Don't worry, Mark. <laughs> You've got quite a reputation, man. The husband has two pensions. Wow. And combined, it should be around five to six thousand dollars a month at age sixty. They've got an emergency fund of ten thousand dollars. They've got a brokerage account at seventeen thousand dollars. Two hundred dollars a month into a five twenty-nine for a five-year-old daughter. Social Security would be about three grand each at age sixty-seven. Look at this. They've got $70,000 left on a mortgage. That's 3.125%. The house value is 350 grand. Household expenses, including all of our savings buckets, four to six grand a month. They're 43 and 49. They make 185 grand a year. Okay. Pay down this car loan. Pay it down. 6.99%. That is a beautiful guaranteed after-tax return. That we cannot actually think about anything close to that in the universe. So I would take every forget about the brokerage account. I might even like sell whatever's in the stupid brokerage account and put some of that money down. I, I have a feeling. I'm not sure that you're too, you're still doing this, but since you only have seventy thousand dollars left on a mortgage, are you prepaying your mortgage? If you are, stop doing that. Yeah, throw everything. So here's my two suggestions. Whatever free cash flow you have you should be putting it into the emergency fund and in the car loan. Boom, done, that's it. Okay, this next question is from Andy. Andy writes, I currently have $35,000 invested in a target date fund. I listen to your program all the time. I've heard you say that investing in a target date fund in a brokerage account is a bad idea. It's not a bad idea. It's a good way to put small dollars to work. It's just that target date funds can often be more expensive than just, say, buying three index funds. And sometimes they throw off those surprise and taxable events. Right. That is true. So, you know, Andy, if, if you have losses on this account for some reason, you might want to sell it and reposition it. If you have gains, don't do anything. Then just literally stop putting new money in. And when you do put new money in, choose index funds. That's the way to get out of it. All right. Mark writes... Hi, Jill and Mark. I'm learning so much listening to the pod. Sometimes the things I learn lead to more questions than I had before. What are the types of fee-only financial advisors? Okay. He lists three things. Fixed fee for an analysis and a plan. A fee per hour analysis, a plan and ongoing advice, a percentage of assets under management. And does the last apply to financial advisors, different from planners, different from managers? Now you're into the whole alphabet soup and confusing aspect of hiring folks. Fee only used to, and I don't know if it still does, but it used to um, really apply to people who did not collect commissions at all. And so it's easy, fixed fee for an analysis and a plan, that's easy to understand, A fixed fee per hour for an analysis and a plan and ongoing advice, that's also easy. And it can be applied to people who call themselves advisors, financial planners. I don't know, financial manager seems like a a brokerage house name that's made up. The percentage of assets under management can be, is usually, you know, it's not usually called fee only. I think fee only was sort of that NAPFA determination about we don't collect commissions. So, I think he, he finishes, Mark finishes the question with an annual fee of one and a half percent of assets under management means that my assets will grow by one and a half percent more slowly than the market on average. Am I right? Yes and no. I used to say that when you have an asset under management or AUM model, you start at a one and a half percent in the whole position. Like you're, you're down 1.5% on January 1st. That said, A lot of people do charge a percentage of assets under management as a way to actually provide you with ongoing financial planning advice. So if you're saying to me, I have somebody who is charging me one and a half percent of assets under management and just to manage my assets, I think that's a lousy deal. But if you have someone charging you one and a half percent of assets under management, and let's say you have $700,000, and that is a, a certified financial planner who's helping you understand scenario planning, is helping you do financial planning, is helping you with tax planning, it could be worth it. But for asset management only, eh, not so much anymore. All right, next Last, actually, Ken says, hello, Jill and Mark. I love your podcast and I l- enjoy the topics in your weekly email. How about that, Mark? little shout out for you. Okay. Ken goes on and says, like many, I've had some volatility in the last year and I thought I'd reach out for input. I used to enjoy an annual point in time review from Vanguard. They stopped that. Otherwise, I've been self-directed over the years. We've spent years living below our means we tracked our daily, monthly, and annual spending for 35-plus years. Wow, that's amazing. In April 2017, my wife, who was then 58, and I, 61 at that time, retired with the blessings of a point-in-time review from Vanguard showing a 99% chance of success to my 103rd birthday based on my numbers. I had and have a traditional IRA with $1.35 million in stock, 46%. 46% bond and these are both index funds and a little international index fund as well. And there's some money in money market for withdrawing. We've been taking $93,000 annually since then which includes paying for discretionary home improvements and early retirement vacations. Go go years. COVID support towards healthcare insurance and limitations on our travel plans helped us slow those extra costs in a couple of years. So we had 1.35 million at the beginning of 22, and today it's 1.1 million. That's not even bad. 1.1 million after withdrawals and market declines. Annual budget for day-to-day living includes taxes... And that is 71 grand plus 22 grand for discretionary stuff. They pulled on discretionary. So now their total spend is eighty-eight thousand five hundred. The plan is to take social security in March 26 when I'm 16 and my wife it hits her full retirement age as 67. As of this month's report, that will be 497 for me, 18 plus for my wife, ababa blah, blah, blah. annualized total 68,300. I'm thinking that should have us on a more sustainable withdrawal amount of $30,000 from the IRA which should also be about what we need to cover our required minimum distributions. We're in good health. Okay, ready for the questions, Mark? They have a complete estate plan by the way. They own their home free and clear, no debt. I may be overthinking this, but currently, they're let's just call it half 50-50. Should he keep taking the living expenses from the money market and wait for the market to improve, or should I rebalance my allocation now to add to the money market account as I've been doing to maintain every year? Today, we're at an 8.6% withdrawal rate starting in 26. Assuming the balance starts at 8, we'd be at a 3.8. Would you judge that my numbers are sustainable? This is unsustainable. I don't know when what the planning was when they said you have money that will last you, but uh, you didn't have enough money to start the corpus. The big chunk of money was not enough to allow you to pull out ninety some thousand dollars a year. Just never was. I don't know like how to one point three five is. I I I'd love to see that that analysis. I really would. To take out that much money, they would need about $3 million. Yeah. You need like triple, two and a half times what you had. All right. So here's what I think you should do. Stop spending so much money. That's number one. Uh, number two, could, are they going to make it? I don't know if you should even wait till 70. If you're at full retirement age, I would start taking it now because this nest egg is going to get depleted fast. So if you could get to what we want people to do is get your heads on straight gang We never want you to be at a more than a three and a half percent withdrawal rate in any given year. And by the way, I run my own retirement numbers at two and a half percent withdrawal rate. So that's what I do for myself. You know why I do that? What's the worst case scenario? Oh, you know what? I take one less trip a year and big deal. And I end up with too much money. You know, God, God bless my nieces and nephews will have a great life. But truly, I don't, I mean, you can't put this kind of pressure on yourselves Gang, it is so important when you start the process of thinking about retirement and calling it quits. 58 is too young usually. Just consider this. Take 3% of your invested assets, 3%, and give me that number. You got a million bucks, that's 30 grand. Oh, and by the way, if that 3% is coming out of a retirement account, it is not 30 grand. It is 30 grand less taxes. So Figure out what it is that you can live on. It hurts me right now. I feel terrible because I feel like this guy's like, well, Vanguard gave me this thing. I really would love to see that Vanguard analysis. Not that it matters. Who cares? You don't want to go back in time. But for right now, I think you start claiming Social Security, full retirement age, don't mess around. How about a little uh, part time work? Stop spending so much money. I mean, you know, once Social Security kicks in, I, I think they'll be okay because, you know, they're going to get probably 55, 60,000. And then, you know, they can take 3% out of the 1 million portfolio. I, I think they'll be okay. But thank goodness he emailed us. This is, a, this is what we call an unforced error, gang. We do not want you to make these kinds of mistakes. So if you're contemplating any big change like this, we want to hear from you. Please, please, please go to JillOnMoney.com. Click the Contact Us button. Do you want to know why I say to people, I, I go like, oh, when you're going to retire in your 50s? Here is the clearest indication of why I get nervous. Because these are stories that once you're retired and you're 57 and you're 58, you're 61 years old, if you had, if you had a chance to work a little bit longer, you build up your cushion. All right. And then you're not in a situation where you're literally back on your heels playing defense because of an unforced error that you committed. What an old aging athlete I am. God, it's embarrassing. Anyway, send us your note, let us know what's going on. What do you think? JillonMoney.com, click the contact us button. Don't forget to leave us a rating and review on Apple. Do something nice for someone else today. And don't forget to pre-order the book, The Great Money Reset. Change your work, change your wealth, change your life. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you tomorrow. If you've ever been in the market for a new home, you know home shopping can be a lot. There's so much you don't know and so much you need to know. What are the neighborhoods like?